Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Debate Amongst Friends. Uh, before we get started, we definitely like to wish uh, condolences to those we've lost over the past week. First up, we have former first GM of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Phil Kruger, has passed away at the age of 90. And uh, high school standout from New Jersey, Amani Kildea, uh, was found uh, dead in a foul play way. Um, he actually had ambitions to attend James Madison University for football. Back to you, Doc. And lastly here, former Buccaneers president Gay Culverhouse also passed away at the age of 73. At this time, we'd like to give a 10-second moment of silence. Thank you. And we are back. Thank you for that moment of silence. We definitely wanted to pay tribute. Um, and as we move on to this, ladies and gentlemen, the season four finale of Debate Amongst Friends with me, Dr. Wednesday Night, the podcast beast, and that guy over there, the Professor John Guy, the king of RNG, the trove master, the data analyzing man, the conqueror of his own fate, the hitman. John Gotti, EFL came to a close, sir. Uh, and for those who don't know, if you didn't know, Gaming Amongst Friends at Gaming Amongst Friends on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and most of your other social media platforms, we hosted our first season of Madden, where all of the players started under the rating of 75. We had trials, we had tribulations, we had laughs. We had salty tears, but the season is over. We got a new champion. We got a new MVP. We have new coaching hirings, coaching firings. Oh. John Gotti, you were a you were on the inside and outside looking in. Um, how did you think the season went? I thought the season went incredible. Um, I enjoyed the fact that it wasn't it wasn't the play from casual players. And, and what I mean by that is on Madden 20, and Doc, give me some rope here. Let me know if I'm off kilter with this. But uh, give you a lot of rope. the top talents in the game has special abilities. And yes. these special abilities are used just way too much. And it kind of mm-hmm. just killed the game for a lot of people. Uh, of course, Doc included. So uh, he had the idea to introduce a new way, not even a new way, but bringing it back to when Madden was played with skill. Yes, and just to touch on those um, special abilities, um, usually you earn these abilities through certain play. I don't know how long it takes because the players that we're playing with, some of them are becoming superstars at this particular point because obviously they're the only ones in the league. Um, But I don't know when or how they get their superstar abilities. Um, But what happens is you just start getting little handicaps. So for example, if you play quarterback in this league and you have a certain skill, you actually have a skill that shows you who's the first person that gets open. 
you know what I mean? Or you might have somebody who just automatically breaks tackles or something. So by removing that, it kind of takes it back to the pure love of the game. And uh, I thought it was really, really fun. And uh, we just concluded the first season where um, the three teams that we followed this year, the Baltimore Ravens, the Carolina Panthers, and the New York Football Jets. Uh, head coach Doc Lee, who is myself, uh, head coach Jimmy Lee, who is my brother um, at, at uh, Mr. Lee 201, I believe it is on Instagram. Um, and then, of course, we followed the number one pick, Sam Darnold and the Baltimore Ravens. Um, Baltimore Ravens went 12 and four, uh, lost in the AFC championship game, uh, actually fizzled out really bad to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um the which you know the Jaguars went to win the Super Bowl over the 49ers. Which, if you haven't seen it yet, go to Ad Gaming Amongst Friends and you can see the pictures as well as the news clippings of all of those highlights. Uh, Carolina Panthers, uh, myself, I went eight and eight. I did get a contract extension after going uh, with three straight losses. You know, uh, they gave me a contract extension, which I'm really proud of. Uh, but the unfortunate news is that uh, head coach you've, Jimmy you've Lee, wait, you've been waiting on this part. You've been, you have been, you have been licking your chops to talk about this for the past twenty four hours, folks. He has been, been you have been licking your chops. Okay, for those that are following our Instagram or our Facebook, uh, Doc also posted out the uh, results, this very same recap that he's offering you right now. So if you don't yeah, want to hear it, you can, just, you can just look it up as well, too. But that, but but Doc over there, that guy right across from me, he has been waiting to talk about no. this coach. No, no, no. I so it has been, long. we have been talking all day today. It was no. yesterday mainly. No, and no, no. and we'll be talking about something. And he'll just say, "Man, I can't believe this happened." I can't believe happened. <laughs> That's all I've been saying because it is unbelievable. That he only got one year. Uh, but so, Jimmy Lee, okay, Jimmy Lee, the unfortunate firing of Jimmy Lee by the New York Jets organization, which is very, very you know similar to the real Jets organization. Um, Yikes! You know, built up this team. I mean, had a plethora of draft picks to work with. You know. He had a scouting department that he was working with. And when he got fired, <clears throat> which is the one interesting thing about Madden, which I, I would assume that it would have carried over, but the Jets took everything. Yeah. I mean, the Jets took his coaching staff. They took all of his scouting reports. Um, he had actually draft pretty much blind today because the Jets kept all that information. Um, but – Yes. Uh, so Jimmy Lee has found a new role with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Mike Tomlin actually took over for the New York Jets. How I and, mm-hmm, and Jason Garrett actually moved on to Pittsburgh. Um, with right, exactly. Slow clap, exactly. And then uh, Ron Rivera took over for the Minnesota Vikings, which I still think so, that's a great move, though. I really like that. Yeah. Move. Oh, yeah. So the Jacksonville Jaguars, as I mentioned, defeated the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Um, Fitzpatrick threw two touchdowns. Patrick. Yeah. Interesting. Um, because the Jets actually beat them earlier in the season. Uh, so, 
So, I mean, they just definitely had opportunity. But uh, what a fun season. We're in the offseason right now. We're actually just getting back to the preseason. We finished the draft, finished free agency. Um, we'll be moving on to season two, which will be actually capped off and highlighted, of course, by Jimmy and Doc Lee still. Um, but the first overall pick, the son of – Friday Night Lights Safety, Brian Chavez Jr. Oh, snap. With the number one pick by Slow Clap, Jason Garrett's Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, so we'll be definitely following that action. That's going to um, be fun. Along, uh, as long with uh, several other storylines uh, that we'll be pushing forward with. But... What a great season. I'm looking forward to season two, and uh, hopefully uh, the Panthers can make the playoffs this season before I find myself on the inside <laughs> looking out. Um, well, I, I felt like the the game plan management between both of the coaches that were being followed, Doc and Jimmy Lee, uh, was very interesting. Since I had the inside take, I was essentially a beat writer and a... <laughs> <laughs> analyst and, and an analyst and like i was trying to do yeah. a lot um but it was actually a lot of fun it gave me a chance to relearn madden because it's been a while since i you know a heard doc talk about it because he hasn't really been playing it that much and no i didn't take it seriously you know plus it gives me more insight to better understand the game um of course. but you know doc and i would talk about every single game that he had and you know we're just talking about things that he probably could have done better you know right. things, things, things that I saw that he did, <laughs> like well, also like like I mean, like like you know kicking it on the floor with a kicker that missed how many times during the game. I want you to know that we drafted two kickers. <laughs> you don't have to worry about that because he's most likely he's going to be gone. I can tell you that right now. Well, you got three kickers on your roster. Of course, he's going to be gone. We're about to have two. He's actually the best, but I'm probably going to go with one of the rookies. Oh goodness! Shout out to Zingas. Yeah, I'm probably gonna go around the rookies, but um, you know, I'm looking forward to it. It was really, really fun. Um, outside of wanting to destroy a remote or two, um, you know, and the constant game, like the game freezing um, when you're trying to make a tackle, mm -hmm. um, which happened several times. Um, it was actually fun. You know, I, all, all Madden is frustrating, but at the end of the day, it's all competitive fun. I don't know, because I saw a couple of plays where I'll be sitting there. I'm like, Doc's about to break his controller right now because he had that. He had that pursuit locked down, and the person just ended up with a 60-yard touchdown run. Well, again, we, we got better. Um, that's something I can be thankful for is that we got better over the years and um so i could really, I really I mean, all, all i all the only thing about hope and we'll get to the real subject of this segment is mm -hmm. that people will stop throwing in the triple coverage i mean he's got a new quarterback in brock osweller he actually was going to go and try and get willie beeman jr Ooh. um but he missed out on him in the first round um, and he missed, out, he missed out on a few people. Um, you know, you had a few people in there that you could have probably drafted 
Packers, but um, he missed out on them. You know, a couple of players, you know, went higher than expected. Um, and, but he's trying to rebuild this Dallas Cowboys team in the image of the Jets, which is going to be hard because he's developed – actually – he actually developed two of the best players in the league in Traquan Smith and um, Jalen Thomas, mm-hmm. uh, safety and wide receiver. I mean, they're the, best, they're the two best players in the league right now. And unfortunately, he, he won't be playing with them. No. No. Um, but um, it looks like if we're going from the EFL back to the NFL, it looks like the Kansas City Chiefs will be playing with someone for the next 10 years as Patrick Mahomes signed a baseball-worthy contract. I'm so like. glad you said that because people um, are acting like this is absolutely maddening. I think it's maddening for – obviously it's maddening for a football player, but when you look at the grand scheme of it, it probably is going to benefit the Chiefs in the long run. Yes. Because when you look at it, Quarterback salaries are only going up, right? Uh, so they signed him to this monstrous contract, which I haven't even – I didn't even want to see the numbers on it. But oh, I saw the numbers. I crushed those numbers too. I mean, he's going to be getting, what, $30, 35000000 million per year? He got a lot of money up front. Uh, so Not he a got a $10 million signing bonus. Uh, base huge. salary eight hundred and twenty-five thousand for this upcoming season, and he's getting uh, cash up front of uh, ten million eight hundred twenty-five thousand. Uh, well, I think I think this is the is this is the last year uh, of last his... two years of his rookie contract. So after twenty twenty one is the end of his rookie uh, deal. So that's when that other money starts to kick in. Exactly. And then That's that something. actually increases to the point to where he gets a guaranteed. <laughs> I don't want Doc to freak out, but I'm gonna. Have I'm not to gonna say freak it anyway. out. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna freak out. <laughs> Pretty much, it's a lot of money. Like it's a lot of money. Actually, come on, hit hit us with it. Hit us with it. Uh, 50, 59 million. Wait, how much was um? Uh, that's in 2027. So, I'm trying to think how much. So it's doesn't, so doesn't for, Russell doesn't Russell Westbrook make about? I think is it Westbrook or is it see Chris Paul? One of them. I think it was Westbrook. His contract was up there where it was like it was up there, but people are people are reacting to this like because of the length. <sighs> I don't blame him. Like I said, I mean, you don't want to – because you think about it, it, he's so young. If he gets better – And that's the craziest part. He could get better, folks. Yeah, like if he gets better – oh, yeah. And by the way, Russell Westbrook's contract does go up to 47 in two years. That's why I figured – like they're just thinking long-term because if he gets better, let's say he signs a three-year deal, four-year deal, these these basic deals, his salary goes up to 36. He could be making – 40. Yep. 50. Yep. By the time he gets to that deal anyway, but because he might de- de- demand even more money, especially because people are paying people who really don't need to be paid. Well, and this is still not even on top of the roster bonus and all the incentives that he can get too. Man, he's like getting, he gonna get, he gets endorsements too. He like, we're talking about paid. making the playoffs, making the Pro Bowl, 
possibly getting the MVP. I mean, he is making money, money. And it's ridiculous because now we're going to talk about the media and talk about sure. the, the, the memeing universe mm-hmm. are just taking this into a totally different direction. Oh, totally different direction. Like, there's an article with Bleach Report that was going into details about how Patrick Mahomes is the next Michael Jordan. Now, normally people 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 would be like, oh, you know, whatever, keep it going. No. It became bigger news because of The Last Dance that just came out a few weeks ago. Of course. Of course. So, Michael Jordan now is fresh in everyone's mind, and his story is fresh in everyone's mind. So now we're going to have these foolish analysts psychoanalyzing this entire thing. The entire thing. Although, and I don't know if you had a chance to uh, see this post that I put up, um, but uh, Bobby Bonilla, you heard me talk about this yes, a few seasons ago. I did. I did. See, who I, is think still said, getting, I think we talked about this. Yes. Who still gets yeah. paid to this day. According to the sources, by the time Patrick Mahomes' contract is up, that is when Bobby Bonilla's uh, incentive yearly check will be up. I would love something like that to happen to me. I, I need I need to figure out how to do that because you just got to find uh, that the right residual. Agent. That residual money is legit. But yep. I think, um, like I said, I don't blame them for. Hey, you know what? We like Patrick Mahomes. You know, we think he's going to outlast Andy Reid. We'll pay him from the time he's 24 to the time he's 34. No, and we'll just no, kind of no. Andy Reid's gonna be there for the for the entire length. <laughs> this is no. this, my friends, is the new Brady Belichick. No, I don't think so. I'm so sorry, Mel P for saying that, so. but I'm not sorry for saying that. No, I don't think Andy Reid's gonna coach till 72. 73 years old. I, don't I just don't see it. If 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 they're if they have the potential to win the Super Bowl every other year and he's winning Super Bowls, like that's kind of hard to walk away from. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, have, I, have, I mean, I guess I guess Doc, I mean, my question to you is have there ever been a franchise where during the middle of their dynasty they switch coaches and they continue to win championships in football? In football, I don't think so. I don't. No, I don't think so either. Maybe. Well, not immediately. I mean, my mind instantly goes to Pittsburgh, switching from Cower to Tomlin, but it wasn't like immediate. Yeah, it it took a few years there. I guess. Um, I guess I like maximum three years, maybe. Yeah, like Dallas, maybe. Because remember, and you know, Dallas was good. You know, then they kind of switch coaches. You know, maybe. Um, I'm just throwing that out there. We're gonna go not back to Patrick Lee, Holmes now. Not because, not because you're gonna go there. back. I'm, we're, we're, I'm we're, we're, about we're, the real we're, Cowboys. We're 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 moving back to Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> um, I I mean, only other team. I'm no no no. no? I, I don't think so. Um. That's the first thing that comes to mind, though, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to come down to the GM managing the money now. Now that you know you have your quarterback locked up, you know. I now realize why they called them the Michael Jordan. 
I now realized it. And yes, you that's, just that's, said the answer. Yeah, you just that's said it. the answer. Dang the it, media. Manager. Yeah, they want to make sure that you know they can build around him. And so pretty much, yeah, he's going to be the MJ of the team. But that's, you know, I wouldn't say that because that's how it usually is. The quarterback usually is the most paid player. You know, that's yes. like, I mean, obviously they were talking about Michael Jordan, you know, Tom Brady being Michael Jordan at one point. Yeah. Oh, you know what I mean? It's just a matter of being the highest paid player, which you're just being about him being young he's a transset he's a trendsetter mm-hmm. and pretty much at this particular point it's just the fact that the last dance was just out exactly <laughs> uh, which which is okay i mean they want to take the easy way out i guess that's that's the way the no, media has this, to do it. it's clickbait that's all it is I mean, they could always clickbait. they could always come and follow the efl if they're really looking for a story but that's i mean there I mean, we have a pretty good crack staff of uh, analysts and reporters right now. I mean, they're going to have to, you know, really give us a pitch there. Make sure you uh, send the money to, to our boy Scott at uh, the Bay Bucks fans. Exactly. LLC. Exactly. Visit the fans um, LLC. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, I mean, speaking of Last Dance, I mean, we're going to take a quick break and let's come back and talk about the last two episodes of La- The Last Dance. And we are back. If you've been following us the last couple of weeks, we have been going over the ESPN Last Dance the Chicago Bulls documentary. Uh, We are at episode nine and 10, which we will cover today. The last two episodes, how fitting for our finale ourselves, our own last dance. Uh, But episode nine, I called this one early and late rivalries. Um, That's pretty good. Yeah, early and late rivalries. It starts off Bulls versus Pacers, um, in which we see Michael Jordan continue to be competitive. I think that's the one thing that we've seen throughout this entire series is showing just how competitive he was. You know, we talked about the golf. We talked about the poker. We we talked about him on the court, but it just seemed like with with every big game, he just seemed to rise to the occasion after a certain after a certain point in his career. I mean, uh, dare I say the cream rises to the top. I mean, absolutely. To the point where people don't even say your name anymore. They just start calling you Black Jesus. Yes. Yes. Or or, or that black cat. That black <laughs> cat. That's crazy. Um, and if you didn't see it yet, uh, that's definitely referencing uh, Reggie Miller, who... Um, I, I mean, I've always had a, you know, I mean, Reggie's always been pretty good. You know, you kind of, I think most people love hate relationship with Reggie. Yeah. Most people. Oh, I um, really enjoy Reggie Miller. And that's going to yeah. be a Knicks fan. I mean, it's exactly. Like, um, but it's just the way that he approaches the game. Like, and, right. and, and, and they touched on it. Like, you know, this goes back to, you know, speaking about how the players were back then. Like, 
-hmm. you know, you're going to try to match your competitor and suddenly, you know, you just get yourself to that zone and you just can't miss anywhere on the court. And that was Reggie Miller. Right. And that's something that we did see. Um, And right before we get to that, I like how Reggie talked about how, you know, he talked about Michael in the beginning of his career and how he poked him one game and then Jordan went off on him. And he he said at that moment that he started giving him them nicknames, never called him Michael Jordan ever again, uh, which is awesome. I mean, you got to love that. Um, But we're looking at this Pacers team. This is Larry Bird's first year um, as a head coach. And, you know, obviously we know Larry knows Michael. Yes, very well. Like Larry knows Michael. And I will give credit to that Pacers team. And this is another team that I felt like kept their identity longer. And they're still building that same piece by piece franchise even yes. today. I feel yes. like that they had previously. And we talked about this last week when I said I really wish that the Nets and the Knicks would build the way they used to with mm-hmm. those, those style of players. Because you look at it, they had Rick Smiths, who I'm not going to say that um, – I can't think of the guy's name right now, but the guy that they have right now in the center, I'm not going to say that he is you like Sabonis? Smith. No, no, not Sabonis. Sabonis is more like Chris Mullins. In my gotcha. Opinion. Um, they have a center – in Indiana. I can't think of his name. He has little locks as well. Um, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but he's been, he's pretty solid. Um, but when I look at it, yeah, Mark Jackson, he had um, Antonio Davis, Dale yeah. Davis, and of course you had Reggie Miller. And, you know, of course, you know, we had a, a young Jalen Rose, you know, that was just like, you know, chopping at the bits to get in the game, I'm sure. But, you know, this was really good. They were tough. And then later on, we saw some other players who um who really really bloomed, but this core of players gave the Bulls trouble. Yeah, yeah, and even Michael talked about this too. Like this was you know getting out of the East, like one of the hardest teams that he had to try to overcome. Um, and, and I was talking about Miles Turner. Yes, Miles Turner. Gotcha. Player I'm talking about. Um. But moving forward here, they started talking about the the game. So the Bulls won game one and two, kind of with ease. And then with the greatest of ease. Right. That's what it, that's what it was going. So then in game three, the Pacers won. Michael said they still gotta go through Chicago. Actually he said that after no, game it was four. A, it was a bump in yeah. the road. Yes, a bump in the road first. Bump in the road. So then we get to game four. And the shove that Reggie gave Michael would have been the biggest flop in NBA history had it happened today. I mean, that's the thing I wrote down here on my notes. Quote, unquote, lightly shoved NJ, LOL, would have been a flop in today's game. It would have been a flavor, too, in today's game. And it would have got the call. Yep. But but this is where we get the classic Reggie Miller jump spin reaction, which was awesome. Yes, really like that moment. Uh, yes, it was a huge moment. But I like the fact that Larry Bird was kind of sitting there like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, because he seven, he yeah. knew. Seven tenths of a second knew. is 
a long time for one of the greatest players to ever play the game. Yep. But hold on. I'm not going to spike this ball, as John nope. Gotti likes to say, until this is over. And, and, and Michael almost hit it. Yeah. It was really good. It, it, it. it rimmed in and out. Yeah, but then, of course, they went back to Chicago, and then they went back to – I mean, the Bulls just won. You know what I mean? I mean it, it was what it was, but I think it left. They got to come to Chicago. This one – yeah, that one went to game seven, didn't it? It did. Yeah. It did. But right here it says got to come through Chicago. Yep. Yeah, that was after game then, four. And then we jumped to 1997 Jazz versus Bulls. Yes. Which, of course – R.I.P. to Jerry Sloan. Um, Malone won 96-97 MVP. Jordan, of course, being Jordan, was fired up and wanted to make sure that everybody knew Mm -hmm. that he was upset about it. Yeah. He said, he pretty much said, well, you know what? If you felt like he deserved to be the MVP, that's fine. Mm -hmm. He's going to have to prove Uh, it to us now. Absolutely. Now, the one thing I did like was that, you know, Jordan was hanging out with Carl and and Stockton and maybe another player when he was retired. Mm -hmm. And Byron Russell, young rookie Byron Russell said, why did you have to retire? You knew I could cut you. And Byron Russell, the list is exactly what I wrote down. Yeah, Uh, pretty much. Chris Jericho. He pretty much said... (laughs) Byron Russell, you just made the list. <laughs> right, write them down. So, the legendary series, of course, mm-hmm. consisted of the food poisoning flu game. Oh boy! Which, in my opinion, is as long as Michael didn't have the mud butt, I think. He still had a puncher's chance to to actually have a good a good game, because I mean sweating, yes, you can hydrate all day as long as you ain't throwing up and you don't got the mud butt. Mm-hmm. I think you're all right, you know. But he he had the, the the food poisoning from the pizza where five people delivering a pizza was kind yeah, of yeah that was strange and I don't know that, how much I don't know how much I can believe that that was weird. No, definitely. Um, so he, of course, right, it was the nineties, so that probably actually happened. Yeah, I mean, and who calls and said, "Hey, Michael Jordan wants a pizza." You know what I mean? I, don't, I doubt that happened. You no. know what I'm saying? <laughs> so no, um, but it could have been one of those situations. I know when you were in Arizona, you used to, you know, make sure you check out your pizza because you had a few issues with yours. Uh, so who knows? Maybe you know. I mean, a yeah. certain company, you know, try to kill your boy, and I'm not gonna say it out here over here. Put it onto the airways, Papa John's. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And think about it. This is the only pizza spot open. Yes, it was like so, it was at like one in the morning. Yeah. So, which in Jersey, you know, that's nothing. There's several pizza spots open in Jersey. Shout out, <laughs> shout out to Vincent's. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. God, you missed that pizza. Um, but. I do like the fact that this episode gave us a little glimpse into Steve Kerr. Yes, I did like that too. I didn't know, of course. Um, I knew that Kerr, I don't think you really realize that Kerr played for other teams until you watch this. Like, you Mm -hmm. know it, but you don't really think about it. Well, now when when people put up those questions of, 
Okay, so do you know anyone else who played for the Cleveland Cavaliers? Right, exactly, exactly. Because, um, I mean, I only know Kerr from being on the Bulls and then going and playing for the Spurs. Mm-hmm. So Kerr, which I enjoyed, I, I appreciated him saying that he watched John Paxson and he was like, I want to be that guy. Yes. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to be Michael. I'm not even trying, I'm not trying to be Scotty. I'm not even trying to be any of these other guys. Nope. I want to be Paxson. Yep. And that's exactly what he did. He said John Paxson took him under his wing, which I appreciated saying that. Um, but then he got a little personal, you know, no scholarships. Um, he, you know, he was following his dad to the college. And then hearing that his father got killed was such a crazy coincidence. Mm-hmm. Like, what a crazy coincidence to hear that his father had got violently murdered as did Jordan's father. Yep. And I felt that that probably was something that really brought them a little closer um, in the end as far as being teammates. I mean, you hate to be that to be the The, deciding factor. Yes. Yeah, you know. Um, But I think... Kerr said it the best, the ultimate trust for anyone, the ultimate trust from Jordan and anyone is in the playoffs because that's when he's going to need people the most. And he said he was struggling. Carl Malone was killing them in the series, which obviously he was the MVP, so you expect him to, you expect him to kill him. But um, we get a chance to see Steve Kerr hit the big shot. Mm-hmm. Or as he'd you like know. to say, I mean, well, I guess I got to build Michael out again. I thought that was fantastic. That was a great line. And it wasn't even like no one was like Jordan wasn't getting upset because they know that Steve is going to say something hilarious like that. Yeah, no, that was so perfect. Um, And after that, I think that's on par with like um, Coach Riley saying, you know, and next year we're going to do it again. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So then the documentary goes back to Chicago. And for game seven with the Pacers. Yep. Um, I loved the storyline of Jordan's security guard, Gus Lett. Mm-hmm. Um, I like them going into a little bit more detail, Chicago PD. Um, obviously, he filled that void for Jordan. Um, his father was always at the games. Now you got the security team, which we saw earlier, his security team flipping quarters, you know, making sure everything was good. And we actually saw this guy earlier in the footage, but we didn't I didn't know how important he was. Yes. Um until this particular part of the documentary. And of course we found out he had lung cancer. I don't know. They never really mentioned, you know, like if and when he passed away. Uh, but I know that at least he was there for Jordan's full career, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was pretty awesome. And I'm glad that it was a mutual relationship. Like he was there for Mike. Mike was there for him and his family. And uh, it's just one of those things that you don't really think about the impact that some people have on your lives. And that's kind of why they tell you to treat everybody with respect from the CEO down to the maintenance person. Yep. Because you just never know you never what know. kind of impact that person is going to have on your life. So we get back to the Bulls versus Pacers. MJ becomes the all-time leading post scorer. Mm-hmm. Rick Smith is killing them. I mean, he is just killing them. You people don't remember how much of a beast Rick Smith was. Because, I mean, he was really graceful 
on the court. I mean, he was doing hooks. He was fadeaway. He hitting fadeaways. I mean, the guy was a problem. Um, yeah. But I don't think people think about him and in that capacity. But he was really, really a problem. Yes, um, but because of end, course people only looked at who were the stars and yeah. But at the end of the day, Chicago was just—I mean—they just had the experience. Yeah. Yeah, you know. it was that championship pedigree that we always hear about. Like that was a testament of the term championship pedigree. Right. They just had the experience. They had they had the knowledge. And then you know, of course we got to the end, the questionable quote unquote push off, uh, which I mean looking at it, I just can't see it. I mean, I know a certain uh, player who would have been, you know, flying backwards twenty feet. Acclim- exactly. Yeah. Probably would have. Probably would have got touched and then probably rolled forward. Like, oh man, the flopping would have been so major. It'd like, been oh bad. man. Um, but I didn't think it was that bad of a push. Um, I didn't think it was really a push. I think he, his momentum was already going that way. If he would have, if he would have tried to stop, he probably would have tore an ACL or something. Mm-hmm. Honestly, uh, I, don't, <laughs> I just don't see how he could have stopped on a dime like that. And um, credit MJ for being able to hit the pull-up jumper, which is a really difficult shot. Yeah. Um, but they still had to make a stop, in which obviously they did, and of course they won the championship. They won. Which is a, they, I, no, excuse me. They won the Eastern Conference Finals. No, no, no. That was a championship. That was a championship. I'm sorry. I just got I just got confused for a second. Yeah. They won. They won the finals. Yes. Um, and we're. I mean, they're back. I mean, this is this is this is awesome. You know, they just won. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's episode nine in a, in a nutshell. Pretty much. I thought it was great, and it definitely helped lead up to episode 10. But we'll talk about episode 10 right after this. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. All good things must come to an end. And just like that, we're at the final episode of The Last Dance. Episode 10. Doc, weeks of events culminated to this moment. The beginning to the end. Alpha to Omega. 1998 NBA Finals. Bulls versus the Jazz. This is true. This was what 90s basketball was all about. In my opinion, I felt like this was the height of people watching basketball. Yeah. And the beginning of the end for Bulls fans. True. Very true. A hundred percent facts. And, and not, not of their own fault, though. No. And we'll, we'll get into that. It's we'll, not their well, fault. Oh, don't worry, folks. We'll get Yeah, there. we're definitely going to get into it. Uh, stay, you know, buckle in, get your popcorn ready. Because we're about to go in. To wait, 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 I gotta say it the right way. You know, just sit back. You know, have a sip of your beer, and we're gonna get you do this, folks. It's okay, but make sure you always drink responsibly, though. That's right. 
episode 10, I called What a Finish. What a finish. Right. Bulls Jazz 1998. It's the Part championship. Two. Two, 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 two. Jazz win game one. Yep. Bulls win game two. Yep. Bulls destroy Jazz game three. Yep. In which they even made sure that every player scored. Yes. Which is highly disrespectful. Which is hilariously disrespectful. Because Bill Whittington took a jump shot. He didn't even believe he didn't even use the post. He took a jump shot that was almost a three. Yep. It was really close. Like he could have probably just hit a step back. And I believe that was actually the lowest point total in finals history that game, too. I believe they only they only uh kept them to 54 points, I believe. 54, yeah, it was 54. Um, but this is the first time for us at least. Well, not I know I take that back. This is not the first time where our love for either basketball or football crossed over into other territories as we get the legendary Dennis Rodman joining the NWO and WCW. Yes. In which, when I watched that clip of Dennis hitting Diamond Dallas Page with a chair, it makes me think about something that Stone Cold Steve also once said. He said, when you're getting hit with a chair, you always expose your back. Yes. Turn on to your if you turn onto your back and you expose your belly, that means you can't take anymore. Donovan Dallas Page took two shots to the back and he was like, I, no, 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 no more. Yep. <laughs> I don't know if I can't tell you if Dennis hit him correctly or not, but it looked I like he hit him in the arm think, a little bit. I think he definitely left some uh potatoes out there on him. Yeah, because he definitely hit him in the arm a little bit. And I was yeah. like, uh, that bite that that tricep meat hurt a little bit sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, I mean, just outside of those distractions, Bulls won game four. So they're up three one. Mm-hmm. And then the Jazz start being the clutched, Jazz. I mean, clutched out he, game five. Yeah. Game five. They they're down three to two. Yep. Game six. Because We're it was back. a uh, steal. It was a steal. Yeah. That led to the game-winning bucket. Mm-hmm. So game six. Here we go. Scotty Pippen. Not a migraine this time. Nope. He's got back pain. Yeah. He's got back pain, which yeah. I've had, uh, you know, I'm I've, sure. I've definitely yeah. played with some back pain before. like, it Which is ironic good. because I think it was around the time we actually met and this was around the time that T-Mac was having those back pains. Oh, and God. as I was playing, I started to get the very same back pains. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is not fun, folks. You can't walk. You can't sit down. It's hard to lay yeah. down. Like, you are miserable. Yeah. Uh, so, Scott is going back and forth from the locker room treatment back to the court. Yep. You know, a la when Jordan was on limited minutes for his ankle. Yep. Um, but this time, Krause is not telling anybody to sit anybody. He's just like, he probably didn't say anything. Um, we'll get to him. Don't worry. Yeah. We'll get to so him. So <laughs> Malone, Malone is just dominating. Um, and, of course, everybody's focused so much on Dennis, WCW, and, and yep. all this stuff. You know, but Malone's dominating game six. Um, 
you got um, Pippen going in and out of the game. You know, Jordan's tired. You know, he's playing 45 pretty much the whole game. Yep. And the Bulls, I mean, they won it. I mean, (laughs) that's it. I mean, Scotty came back out, and, you know, he couldn't really score. I mean, they should have scored a few times. He still scored. I mean, he still finished the game with what? Uh, eight points, eight points, fifty-seven yeah, percent uh, shooting. I mean, which in the nineties is really, really good, and that's yeah. what him having an injured back. I mean, right. Come on. And, and MJ, uh, he did MJ things. Yeah, I mean, that's really much what he did. So they won their sixth NBA championship, second repeat, second threepeat. Excuse Thank me. Thank you. Um, and that's it. I mean, how sad though. I mean, that, I like how, how they went over the, um, I don't, I don't know if you want to call it like a time capsule moment where they all wrote down their feelings and then he burned it. Yeah, uh, that, was pretty, that was interesting. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. Uh, something that you might do on like a New Year's kind of thing, or you know, we've we've done something like that, you know, on occasion. But you know, I just think Phil was just of a different level, and that team was of a different level. Yeah, um, but I wanted to know your thoughts on MJ's response to the owner, um, who said that he he asked Phil to come back. Oh, it's absolute and, uh, BS. I mean, and yeah. I don't know how much of it is on the owner. And I guess we're going to finally get to this now. Like, I don't know well, how much of it was truly, like, truly, truly on the owner. Well, and that's the thing about it, because it's like. We want owners to just own. I mean, that's why you have a GM. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like me being Doc Lee, I don't need the owner coming to telling me who to pick up. You know, for the Panthers, I don't need the owner doing that. You know, but Kraus was a GM. Yep. As an as a Knicks owner, Jimmy, you know, James Dolan, he's so involved. If, if Dolan was to take a step back. Might be a better team. I don't know. Evolves the right word, but okay. Okay. So I mean, if you would have said Jerry Jones with the Cowboys, I would absolutely agree. Well, Jerry Jones is involved, but his son is like the general, you know, general man. Like they're all they all they make these decisions together, quote unquote. You know what I mean? Like he's involved, like, but at the end of the day, it's his involvement isn't really destroying the team to a point where you're you're having star players like leave and you're doing all this crap. I think Jerry does Jerry's been okay. He just has a pride issue. I don't know what Dolan's doing. And I don't know what Kraus is doing. Nope. But MJ said we he believed that everybody would have came back for on a one year deal. Mm-hmm. Everybody outside of Scotty, because you would have probably, he said you would have probably had to work some things out for Scotty. Yeah. But he said he believed that everybody would have came back and worked with management to compete for a seventh title. I will agree with that. That I will agree with. Oh, you will agree with. Okay. Yeah, I will agree with that. I think had Ego not played such a role in many decisions during this dance mm-hmm. or even the prelude to the dance that they could have went for title number seven 
Will they have gotten title number seven is a different question. Because I'm not going to be, I'm not going to sit here and start saying that they'll get that seven title because that's an unknown. No, no, no. I agree. Um, I mean, I guess the one thing that I had a problem with is why even say anything? Like, because I like, think about it right now, you can't say anything. Nope. You know what I mean? Like, back then, social media wasn't available. So it's like, you. Oh. Sorry, I hit the wrong button, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you could have got away with not saying anything. Nope. Now, granted, the Bulls, had they made it to the finals and beat the Pacers, would have played the Lakers mm -hmm. in that, that 2000 final if they all came back. That's the 99-2000 final. Correct. Pacers were a good team, like they were the, <laughs> the year prior. Yep. Um, so it would it would have been tough, and you're absolutely right. Now, I'm happy that the last dance documentary ended as a, a, a last dance. Yeah. You know, at the end, it said, you know, Phil retired. He was replaced. MJ went back into retirement. Pippen was traded. Rodman was released. Rodman was released. Kerr was released. Yep. Tim Floyd, they hired. He finally got a chance to have a Tony Kukoc run team. Mm -hmm. They were terrible. They were horrible. I think they won, what, 13, 15 games, I think it was. It wasn't a lot. Yeah. I think it was definitely less than 20. I looked it up. It was definitely less than 20 games. I think Kukoc averaged maybe about 18 points a game. Ron Harper and Brent Berry averaged about maybe 10 or 12 points a game. Yeah, they went 13 and 37. You're right. And that was the lockout season. Lockout season. Okay. So this is the rebuild team. In 99, 2000, they drafted Elton Brand. Yep. Um, in which they started winning more games, but then they still were struggling. And Krause is actually the person who started drafting more high school players. He drafted Tyson Chandler, and he drafted Eddie Curry later on. Yep. So it wasn't until maybe 2001, 2002, when he started getting Derrick Rose and some of these other guys that they really, really started seeing improvement. So we're talking about four to five years, which it, it, just, it sounds crazy when you really think about it. Like – you could have had Jordan and all these people for one more year mm -hmm. and, estab and established a real plan. Yeah. You know, like where you didn't just have to rely on Ku Coach, freaking, don't get me wrong, I love Albert Berry. Harper's okay. But you could have did so much better. Yeah. Then they just have this be your quote unquote big three because we hadn't got to the big three yet. Ku coach was would have been the guy, I guess. But there's no way Tony at this point was was far removed from the the Tony who participated in the Olympics. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he wasn't that he wasn't that carry team. I think Tony had been 
the second, third, and fourth fiddle for too long to go back to being the number one at this point. So it's like, at this point, if you're going to trade Pippen, you have to trade Pippen for somebody that's going to build. Yes. You know what I mean? And and I don't think he got those necessary pieces. If you're going to, I wouldn't just, I would I would have traded Steve Kerr. I would have traded Dennis Rodman. I'm not releasing. I would have traded these pieces. If you're going to get rid of them, that's my philosophy. I don't believe in just releasing people. I believe it's like, if you're going to get rid of them, you might as well get something back for them. That's why it's like, I don't always agree with people getting, you know, second round picks for people, but it's mm-hmm. like, if that's all people are willing to offer, I mean, instead of just releasing them, you might as well get something back. I agree. So, Krause went on to resign from the Bulls in 2003. Um, he went back to, you know, working in ba- working in baseball as a scout, uh, which I don't blame him. You know, I mean, being a general manager, I'm sure, is tough, especially now um, that you're having losing seasons. You know, because yeah, it's like, I'm, you know mm, what I mean? Mm, Mm. Think about mm-hmm. it. Like you, you got so accustomed to winning, and now here you are. You know, five, six years later, and yep. your team's is just not doing it. And at some point, you got to realize, like, wow, you know, my success is purely and solely tied to Michael Jordan. Yep, I would not have been successful without Michael Jordan, which is the whole purpose for the last dance. Mm-hmm. And, I, and and God rest his soul, like, I, I really wish that he could have seen this because he blew it. He did. Because it's like, just like some other people that we know that blew it, but we're not going to go there. Yeah, We talk about people blowing it all the time. But this is a bigger blowing it to even that. Yeah. This right here, as Kanye West would say, could drive a sane man berserk to know that you could have had Michael Jordan. Think about it. Michael Jordan retired, came back out. Oh, uh, you were incorrect. Steve Kerr was traded to the San Antonio Spurs. He was traded. Okay. So yeah. so I he will... got back uh, Chuck Persons and a 2000 uh, first round draft pick. So I'm not incorrect. The last dance people are incorrect. Yeah. I took that directly off of the end of the series. I actually took a Yeah, I was, saying, I was like, I don't think that was right. I don't think he was released. I wish I could show you this picture because I, I don't want I don't want the computer to make any weird noises on you. Uh, but yeah, at the end of the game, at the end of the show, it said Phil, it said Phil retired. Yeah. Phil, no, it didn't say Phil retired. It just said Phil was replaced. Yes. Which he, oh, similarly, he retired semi, you know. MJ retired. Rodman was released. Kerr was released. And Pippen was traded. That's exactly what it said. I just wrote it down on my little yellow sticky pad here on my, my computer. Yeah. Brand new, by the way. Brand new, by the way. And, <laughs> and, that is the way the cookie crumbled. And I was really, really impressed with this uh, this, this documentary. And um, that's what made me want to look into some of the things that happened afterwards. Of course, Jerry Krause passed away March 21st, 2017. Uh, definitely condolences to him and his family and everything mm-hmm. he did for Chicago. Despite all of their differences, he still built the team into a successful franchise for 
a long time. You know, even even those moments where they weren't competing, it still was a a turnaround. You know, in the beginning when he first got it, like I mean, they were in shambles. Yes, they were they were the you know I don't even know what team to compare them to, but uh, eventually you have to turn the table. And I always like to see those teams, you know, turning the table. That's why I always hope that the Knicks and the, the Nets, of course, now they should be able to turn the table. Yeah, they're, the uh, Nets have turned the table. The Knicks. I don't like the way. I just don't like the way the Nets are doing. I kind of like the way Denver is doing it. You know, you always like for people to build through the draft, and that's mm-hmm. the that's the way to do it. You know, like you build through the draft. It's not always about free agency, and I think that's why so many teams hurt because they put so much emphasis on free agency. That's why the Knicks are struggling because they, they put so much emphasis on free agency yes. where before they focused on the draft, and then if they brought in one piece like an Oakley or uh, a Mason or somebody like that, um, maybe not Mason. No. I don't know. Anthony Mason, was he there or was he drafted by the Knicks? Or? I believe he was, but I can check. I don't know why. I, I feel like he wasn't, but I mean – I just know that he was always there. Uh, he was drafted by the Nets, actually. Nets. Yeah, he was drafted by the Nets. Then he played with Denver for a season, and then he played for the Knicks. And you then know, he went to the Hornets after that. He did go to the Hornets. I do remember that. Um, but I, I feel like people like Anthony Mason. I feel like Charles Oakley. Some of those guys that they got via free agent mm-hmm. was was fine. But the bread of their team, the bread and butter of their team, was through the draft. Yes, you know, and, and that, I think that's the part that a lot of teams don't get. And I, I hope that eventually we get back to that. Um, and even looking back, I, I kind of hope that eventually the NBA—and this is a whole other topic—but the NBA decides to expand the draft from two rounds to maybe four. That would be just interesting. Give, just giving more players an opportunity to make it you know what i mean like uh, i just think they number one need a, a better farm system like the d league is cool but and g league as well yeah it's it's cool but i just think they need something something else or somebody's gonna have to come up with a new not xfl not the you know the eba or anything like that and i know i'm gonna do that but i just think that another league is necessary um, for mostly all sports, you know, I just think that, that it's just necessary because there's so much talent in the world. And I really think that it would be good for people to start living their dreams. Yeah. Um, but final thoughts on the last dance. I thought it was a great, it was a great historical. It was great going back in time. It was a good moment. restore, a historical refresher. Refresher. Uh, of course, there were some things that I didn't know, and I think I'm ne- I've never been a history person. So even being now in the present and going back to the '90s, um, I didn't know a lot of things, you know. And if I did, I forgot them because I've never been somebody who who looks at the past and really mm-hmm. wants to revisit like that. But I like the fact that we have this coronavirus time to really look at these kind of documentaries, and um, I'm glad we waited too. You know, to let it die down a little bit. Yeah, it just needed to die down. It just yeah. needed to die down. It's kind of it's kind of like a steak, you know. Sometimes you just got to let it rest. You don't touch the steak. Don't cut yeah. it. Let yeah, it yeah. rest. Let it rest, baby. Let it rest. Let, let it, it ride, rest. Ray. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but 
Let's come back. Let's take a quick break, and we're going to come back with the final episode, the final two-minute drill. Yes. And we're going to call it The Last Call. And we are back. Typically, at the end of every show, we like to do what's called the two minute drill. But being that this is our season finale, season four finale, you've been with us through the thick and thin of the season, we would like to do something called the last call. So get your drinks out, pour up a shot, or get your red cups, whatever you prefer. And let's go through some thanks and appreciation. Uh, first and foremost, we definitely want to thank you all for listening to Debate Amongst Friends Season 4. Uh, we will be back in a couple of weeks. Um, but we definitely want to shout out our international followers in France, Ireland, Sweden, Canada, Germany, Japan, Czech Republic, India, and South Africa. And we also want to give a big shout out to our uh, listeners out here in the United States, in the states of Oregon, California, Texas, Virginia, Illinois, Florida, Ohio, New York, Washington State, New Jersey, Colorado, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Utah, Nevada, Michigan, Delaware, Missouri, and Georgia. We definitely appreciate all the support. If you haven't done so already, be sure to follow us on all of our our platforms that's on instagram that's twitter that's facebook at debate amongst friends um you'll find all of our content there we'll be continuing to share um and most likely we'll be back in august that's typically when we come back um you still have a library of all of our old shows if you want to go back and listen to those um, but you can also find us on gaming amongst friends um season two of the efl will begin shortly um, but we had a few stories here that we didn't get a chance to go over. And this is normally what we would say, two-minute drill. But two minutes just, it just doesn't Isn't cut the mustard. <laughs> it just doesn't cut the mustard. We know it. Um, and this is the shortened list. So uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about the whole Redskins and Indian name change. And... It's huge that during a time like this, um, that global sponsors, you know, big sponsors are taking the initiative to use their platforms to create social change. Um, and you know, even though the Cleveland, the Cleveland Indians were a huge staple in our upbringing, as I was a big Cleveland Indians fan, and then of course, you know, we had Give Me Vaughn um, to kind of drive it home. Rick Vaughn. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Mr. Wild Bang. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my God, it's him. Crank it, Jerry. <laughs> Blow it up your head. <laughs> oh no, wait. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the Indians, I mean, that's what we think of when we think about the Indians. But um, I think it is time for them to change the name, especially the Redskins. I, I, again, I don't know. You know, I don't know all of the history of all of the teams, how they got their names. I don't know, you know, who sat around the table and was like, oh, my God, let's name this team the Washington Redskins. 
like how that conversation came about, if you know what I mean. Uh, so I hope they change it because, you know, as you said it a couple of weeks ago, and I started thinking about it today, one person being offended or affected by it is too many. And that's that's the way I looked at this particular situation. One person is all it takes. And that's the way it should be looked at. And that's it. And and the the calls for change spread out like butter on a nice toasted slice of brioche bread. That you baked. That I made. That you made. Um, but I know that you had some Evo news, uh, yes. some gaming news. Um, but before we do that, uh, let's – we didn't have a chance to really talk about New York Chris G. Oh, we're going to do this now. This, oh, this is, this is the last call. Okay. I mean, we're, we're, we're just throwing, we're just throwing stuff out. And, I mean, yeah, we're just throwing stuff out and letting it stick. So the homeboy, Christopher G, Doc's boy as well, too. We had a chance to watch him at Evo for, uh, for uh, two years, back to back, actually. Did really, back really well. Back. In fact, he won yeah. one of the Evos that we attended, actually. Yeah. Uh, there was a situation uh, a few years back where he made some statements on a forum that, of course, if it's on the internet, it's there forever. So, of course, people are going to be digging this up. And mm-hmm. people pretty much, you know, called him out on it and presented it to his sponsors, who was uh, Evil Geniuses. And as a reply, Evil Geniuses let him go terminate his contract you would think okay well you know he did the crime he's paying the time this is the result from it unfortunately the story doesn't end there turns out he had a conversation according to him and according to other sources as well uh he had the conversation with evil geniuses ironed everything out everything should have been fine he also from recent uh, post on Twitter uh, had a conversation with the young lady that he was making the comments about. He apologized, and according to him, she accepted the apology. Uh, the young female gamer came back onto Twitter and said he never apologized at all. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. situation doesn't really look good for either of them. But the true story is how Evil Genius has handled the situation. Because right. uh, he actually moved from where he currently reside to out to uh, Seattle, Washington state. state. And when he got released, he pretty much lost all of his income because he went full tilt into the FGC. This was his primary mm-hmm. source of income. So not only was he unable to get sponsorship money but he's also been banned from tournaments as well so mm. that's the situation with christopher g which is terrible um definitely wish the best for chris g hopefully he can bounce back um it doesn't seem as though evo was able to bounce back. but but, but wait there's more ah <sighs> <sighs> So Mr. Wizard, one of the main people behind Evo, uh, or people will say he is the face of Evo, 
Um, we we walked by him a few times, you know. We I think, did. Yeah, like like when you go to Evo, you tend to see everyone there. Like you do, you do. Like it's it's even, real... Jamie, even Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis was there. there too. Yeah. 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 yeah she was. Uh, she was there. Xavier Woods was there as well. It was huge. He, he was huge. Yeah, um, it looked like he had twenty four inch python. Bill Walton was there as well too. We had Bill a conversation Walton with Bill Walton. Was there. Yes, for those that don't know. So, uh, this face of Evo, uh, a lot of stories came out. If it was one story, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, probably, who knows? We don't know. But this is multiple stories of him doing uh, very pedal things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I get. I don't understand. Which, I, like I said, listen. Even being at Evo, it's like there are a lot of grown I, women there, and it's so funny. And um, and for those that 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 needs better insight about what's going on here, because we're not going to go into too many details. No, um, but check out Ernesto Lopez's YouTube channel. He oh. has the pulse of the FGC. We have been following him for a while. He's a boy. You know, he's a real dude. Check out his YouTube. Let him know that Debate Amongst Friends sent you. And show him some love. Because he has been following these stories from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So if you really want the true take of it, check out Ernesto. Boom. Um, and then... But as a result, for everything that happened, Mr. Wizard is... Mr. Wiz is no longer part of the evil staff. They said that he was suspended, but I think they're slowly getting him out the door to save face. Which makes sense. Which makes sense. Uh, but also, as a result, all of the, the big sponsors, Capcom and Nintendo, have pulled out of Evo. What does this mean? Well, tell them, Doc. Well, Evo, Evolution, for those that don't really remember. It was a mystery. But guess what, it folks? Was. That mystery is gone because Evolution 2020 has been canceled. 2020, as in everything else that has been canceled, Evo joins the list. Yes. Yes. Evo, you have made the list. Evo, you just made the list. Oh, gosh. So, I mean, since you're in FGC, you might as well hit them with the last part. Okay. Uh. Knuckle Do, a very good uh, Street Fighter player, um, played a lot of Guile, played uh, some Karen. Like he played the multiple different characters. Also, someone else that we had a pretty brief conversation with at Evo. Uh, has He's announced... the one I got a picture of, right? No. I, no, I got a that was Hungry Box. Box. Yeah, that was Hungry Box. Yeah, this is Street Fighter. That was a uh, Smash. Um, that and a whole bunch of stuff has happened in the Smash community that I'm not even going to. Get to, yeah, uh, but if you want to know about the Smash community, which is Super Smash Brothers Melee or Super Smash Brothers for um, the Wii U, um, or Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, actually, which is the latest one, check out Netzos Lopez's YouTube channel because he is actually covering all those stories. But mm-hmm. Knuckle has announced his retirement immediately uh, from the FGC from just uh, competitive uh, fighting games. Uh, period. Uh, following an injury, we do hope you know he recovered from his injuries as you know safely as possible as well. But mm-hmm. you know his impact on the FGC uh, will be felt. Um, his ability to add personality, uh, Doc and I talk about how uh, 
a lot of the rise of the FGC was from the personalities that they brought. And I was talking to Doc about this uh, a few days ago, actually, where uh, the SCORE esports also followed them as well, uh, was mm-hmm. talking about talk about like certain rivalries um, in the FGC and how it had an impact and how it brought a lot of people to want to play these games and be involved in these communities. But uh, Knuckle Do, you know, we wish you the best. And we wish you uh, nothing but greatness in your future endeavors, sir. Absolutely. Um, and that's those are all great topics that we just you want to cover. You just can't give it a whole 10 to 15 to 20 minute segment. Um, and I wish we could have went a little deeper into this, but I think with everything going on with the climate of the world, um, some of these things just kind of fall in under the wayside, um, like uh, five-star prospect high school center McCord Maker mm-hmm. committing to Howard over the likes of Kentucky and some of the, the power schools, um, which he didn't even have Howard on his list. Nope. You know, it kind of it seemed like, you know what? Some people are, are talking about it. I'm going to be, be about, about it. it. Yep. And he just went and committed. Um, I do like, you know, former Dukey Grayson Allen donated 333,000 meals uh, to the Mid-South. Dot, dot, dot. repeating of course repeating of course which we didn't even go into that but that's <laughs> um number one high school ranked dual quarterback caleb williams uh committed to the oklahoma sooners over the uh, maryland terrapins which is also an interesting story and lastly here north carolina here where i am the north carolina state wolfpack landed two of the top 50 tight ends who just so happen to be twin brothers cedric and frederick sebro which i thought was pretty a pretty awesome story mm-hmm. um because you don't usually see brothers who play the same position go to the same school uh, you just typically don't see that um unless they play for opposite sides of the ball but yes. this is like one of the first times where it's like you have twins who played the same position, same position, same school. Yep. One, I think, was ranked 32. The other one might have been 45. Um, I thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, but this has been a wonderful journey going through uh, the dark side of the rain, going through the last dance, uh, COVID-19. <laughs> um, but we're going to take, you know, a Doc's former hit. laptop. <laughs> Going to pull the, the veil back a little bit. Yeah. Uh, breaking the third, fourth, and fifth walls. Yes. <laughs> you know? um, uh, breaking 5,000 listens for a season. 5,000 listens for a season. Launching the EFL. Um, I mean, we've done a lot this season, so we're going to take a, maybe a couple of weeks, three, four weeks tops, and uh, reevaluate everything that's going on. You know, take care of some business structuring things. Yes. And, um, We'll be back, but we'll still be popping in, breaking news. You know, check our social media again at Debate Amongst Friends um, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're still breaking news. We're still sharing things. And um, feel free to comment. Feel free to reach out to us. Uh, Just feel free. Yes. (laughs) Um, But I think that is how the cookie crumbles. Yes. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in for season four. We enjoyed it. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you like 
what we're doing, let us know, give us a like, get us a subscribe and leave us a comment and let us know if there's anything that we can do to make this show better for you because this show isn't just for us, but it's for you, the people. I am the Professor John Gotti. And this is Dr. Wednesday Night himself. And for the last time for season four, goodbye and to all a good night. Taste the ocean.